Welcome to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which uncovers what it really looks like to run a business, show up online and do your own thing. If we haven't been introduced before, hello, my name is Alice. I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK and I'm also the host of this podcast. There's nothing I enjoy more than talking about the unspoken sides of being an entrepreneur and sitting down in conversation with others who get it. Running a business and being self-employed can often be a lonely and consuming experience, so it's my intention that these episodes bring a bit of encouragement and community to what you're doing. In today's episode, I'll be sitting down with Megan from Blossom and Crumb to discuss her experience of being a mother whilst running a successful business. So if you're ready to discover Megan's experience of holding the title of both mother and business owner and find out what she's learned along the way, then keep on listening. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 37. Um, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, I hope your Tuesday's going well. Very slowly, I'm managing to get closer and closer to the intended release date of a Monday. Last week, I failed and uploaded on a Friday. Today, it's a Tuesday. I'm very slowly going to get that. Maybe next week it's going to be on a Monday and it will be a miracle for us all to celebrate. But anyway, thank you so much for the feedback on last Friday's episode. I was so glad to see so many of you found comfort and encouragement in it. That was exactly what I'd intended it to do. So thank you for that. And also thank you for the people who have recently left lovely reviews. It really does mean a lot. And hey, if you like something that you see, you should tell the person, leave a review, share it with your audience because it really does mean a lot. Creating can sometimes be a bit tiring, a bit thankless, and when no one tells you that it's good, you can kind of feel like you're just speaking to yourself. So if you like something, if you like this podcast, tell me, tell the creator, it really does make a difference. Now on to today's episode, where as you've guessed from the title, I'm going to be discussing motherhood and owning a business, obviously with someone else, because if you know me, you know that I'm not a mother. I'm always keen on this podcast to discuss topics and themes which aren't necessarily within my kind of realm of experience. I don't just want to have narrow-minded conversations about just my life and what I experience because that's fairly dull and only kind of feeds about 10% of maybe what other people are experiencing. It's true to say the closest I come to being a mother is running my business and owning my dog. Um, and I don't think either of those really compare to having real life breathing tiny humans under your responsibility. So I obviously knew that I wanted to get someone else in to talk about this topic with me. And when I thought about it, I just knew that Megan would be the perfect fit. Megan and I actually first met when she won a competition, or not won a competition, but I was offering some free coaching in line with International Women's Day and Megan signed up and I looked at her Instagram and what she did and just fell in love with that. So we actually worked together earlier this year. And then when I was thinking about talking about motherhood on the podcast, I just knew that Megan would be a great fit fit. Megan is the creative behind Blossom and Crumb, which is a wedding and special occasion cake company run from her very colourful London home. It has yellow stairs, which I thought was really fun. Um, and she specialises in unique and modern cakes with incredible flavour. And I can attest to that because she did give me some cake after we recorded the podcast. And let me tell you, if that is not a perk of the job, I don't know what is. Um, but she does all of this alongside raising her two boys, who I actually don't know the names of, and I probably should maybe should have got that information for this podcast. But anyway, she has two children and she runs a successful business. So that is what we talked about. We had a good old conversation. It's quite a long episode, but stick with it because there was some great stuff mentioned. We talked about the story behind Blossom and Crumb. Um, why as women, it's a bit of a myth 
that we should have it all or be it all, um, how Megan kind of practically juggles motherhood and business and what she's really learned about how to do that and plan in a way that really respects those two titles that she has and also what it's looked like for her to grow a business alongside having two sons and having a family as well. It was a really interesting conversation to have. I know that I left thinking, wow, I have so much respect for mums. I'm not ready to have a child. I'm way too selfish. Um, and Megan is all in all just a very lovely person so I'd really encourage you after this episode to check out Blossom and Crumb because let me tell you you will be well hungry and want to eat lots of cake after seeing it but her creations really are beautiful so either head to alicebenham.co.uk forward slash Megan or just look at the show notes wherever you're listening for links to get connected with her and what she does but anyway let's get on with today's conversation I always think a nice place to start is and I think will help in people understanding like your story and how like being a mother and what you do interact with your business and I don't think I even know this tell me more about your actual journey so from when you're almost working for other people to starting a business like what was that when did that happen so my um journey to starting a business was quite a, a sort of roundabout one I um my original career was I was an actress that's what I trained uh, to be and was the great passion of my life what I thought I was going to be from when I was three and in the nativity throughout um, you know my my 20s and that was you know it was everything Mm. Um, and then only really five years into doing it after drama school I realized I didn't really enjoy doing it so and this was a huge thing because you know I I still love acting I still love the craft of acting but Mm. I um just realized it was never going to make me happy as a profession because uh I found it very more nerve-wracking than I hoped I would find it and Mm. um I yeah I, I I wanted to have to be able to commit to people, I, you know, when people ask me to be a bridesmaid, I want to be able to say, yeah, I could be your bridesmaid in two years. I'm not, yeah. well, I might be travelling around the provinces playing a maid and something. So, you know, so, and, and I met my now husband, who was massively supportive of my career, would never have asked me to mm. cut back on it or anything, but I realised I kind of wanted a family and yeah. something more stable. So, made the big decision to stop acting and then was bereft because that's all I'd ever wanted to do. Yeah, um, that must have been a really interesting time because I'm sure yes. you spent your whole life telling yourself this narrative of how everything was going to look and then in one moment it just changed. Yeah, it was... All my friends had had that moment at well, 17, 18 of thinking, what do I do with my life? Mm. And I never did because I'd known Yeah, for as long as I had a memory. Um, and so suddenly I had that moment and I had to go... I had to sort of really do quite structured exercise with myself mm. of thinking what on earth do I do now I don't want to just f- find myself doing something without really having given it any thought or, or, yeah. or sort of um you know had, had a uh, strategy for, for what I was going to do so um I started I just really went back to my passions like I started to think okay well acting has been everything but it but in some ways it hasn't been everything. There's mm. lots of other things I'm interested in. So, and I think it was going down to visit my now husband who um, comes from West Sussex and I was on the train and I was reading Nigel Slater's Toast on the one hand and Elle Decoration on the other hand and I was flicking between the two and I suddenly thought, well, that's it. That's I'm, mm. I'm a massive foodie. I've always been interested in food. I 
think about it a lot of the time <laughs> maybe less so now I do it as a job but um but uh and then design I come from uh, a fam- my, my grandfather was a pottery designer and his brothers were both designers furniture and oh, wow. um and that's always been something I've been really inspired by and I thought mm. where do those two things intersect and it cake seemed like a really obvious thing and it was just at the time when we were coming out of the you know every cake being a fruit cake every cake having every wedding cake having pillars and so how long ago is this then oh so this is about 2005 oh wow yeah so um and yeah because I graduated from drum school in 2000 and it was really five years in that I had my big okay Crisis. And it was actually quite a logical decision, wasn't it? it, it yeah, it was. It was. Logically. It was actually quite for me, quite a, a, <laughs> a structured bit of thinking. And I did, you know, it was a sort of almost like an equation. You know, that mm. these two things yeah. added together. Yeah, this is what they on that graph. Like, where's the point? Yeah. in the middle of the two. And I spent my childhood, um, as well as being interested in drama, I spent a lot of it flower arranging. I was a bit of sort of. Uh, I used to do a lot of flower arranging competitions okay. at school and plundering my garden for flowers. And I spent a lot of time drawing wedding dresses. And so all of these things oh, were there. Really yeah. And I just hadn't pieced gone down. Together. Yeah, I hadn't pieced it together. And I had, I'd had something that was so overwhelming that I was mm. aiming towards that those things never... Yeah. There was a time when I thought maybe I'd like to be a florist when I was really little, but it didn't, you know, it didn't last that long. And yeah. then, you know, acting took over. But... Um, so then I thought, right, so if this is what I want to do, and, and it was a time when there were some really exciting cake makers just beginning to appear in the UK that hadn't, that hadn't been a thing before. It had been okay. really like a, you know, I guess it was much more of a craft and, mm. than, a, than an art form, say. Um, and, and so I found myself a community course at like Hackney Community College where I was living at the time. Went and learned the basics of piping, learned the kind of, you know, I think it's good to learn the fundamentals before you yeah. start experimenting. <laughs> and then just started making cakes at every opportunity that, you know, like my friends would have a small affair and then they'd have some ridiculously large <laughs> cake would turn up. Cake yeah, <laughs> intricately sort of designed and, you know, and, uh, and I, you know, tried to learn through, you know, watching tutorials and all that mm. sort of thing, as much as they were around at the time. Um and then I just thought, well, this is uh, this. I'll get myself a job in a cake company. Yeah. And I was really lucky that I managed to get myself a job um, at Little Venice Cake Company, which is one of the, you know, really uh, they were the forefront along with a few other cake makers at the time mm. of um, pushing the design a little bit um, on on what people were doing with wedding cakes. Um, and I, you know, I didn't come from a, a pastry chef background, so I went into the office and did client consultations and deliveries okay. and that sort of thing. But then I gradually started to infiltrate the kitchen as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, left there thinking I'll set my business up. This is it. Okay. And then just sort of got sidetracked by working as an office manager in a digital media company with a really lovely bunch of people mm-hmm. and trying for a family, which was uh, a long journey for us as it turned out um with quite a lot of heartache along the way um so that really took me up until having so I, I carried on working in the digital media company as uh-huh. office manager and then um so you'd almost dipped your toe in like this world that you wanted to be in and then yes and then I thought you know yes and I 
Um, and I carried on making cakes when I could. Mm. It was certainly very much part of my life. The, the digital media company that I worked for, I used to do uh, promotional cupcakes for them. Oh, so they would give me like a day off to do, if we yeah. did a trade show, like to go and do uh, cupcakes instead of working in the office, which is always kind nice. of, yeah. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, and I had my um, eldest uh, in 2012. Uh, went back to the digital media company for a little bit in between, um, having and then had my um, youngest in 2014. And at that point, there wasn't really a lot of point in going back to work. You know, I, I wasn't, mm. the, the company had changed quite a lot, the people had changed, um, and it, it wasn't going to you know, I, I believe strongly that, you know, when you look at childcare costs in relation to salary, it should be looking at both your salaries as a couple. It's not just to support, yeah. you know, it's not, the childcare isn't just there to, to uh, for, for the woman to go to work. It's, you know, both of us. But, uh-huh. but that being said, my salary wasn't going to cover the childcare. So it just yeah. felt s- stupid, you know, when I really want to be with my children and um, I didn't really want to be doing the job I was doing. So I left. Um, and then we were hoping that I, we would manage with me being at home for a little bit. And, uh, and then really quite out of the blue, my father died in, um, 20, uh, when my, my, uh, 2014, when my youngest was very small and he was only four months old. Um, and that was a huge loss. Mm -hmm. Um, he was a, playwright and very creative and made our life very exciting and I think I almost started the business I've been sort of thinking about this um Mm -hmm. I think I almost started it in reaction to that strangely if that makes any sense so um it was my way of dealing with things was Mm -hmm. to fill up my time and it sounds crazy to sort of load more onto your life when you've got a very small baby and you're dealing yeah. with a big loss and, and, and grief. But I think that was my mm. reaction. Um, and so I started, I really just started it thinking, I'm going to do the odd cake. Um, but it would be nice to be able to charge for it. So yeah. I'll, I'll get myself registered and, I, you know, uh-huh. and then I just can't do things by halves in that way. <laughs> so then I found myself booking in for a wedding show and that was it really. And wow. then so, so it kind of snowballed. Yes. There yeah. wasn't necessarily a moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to start a business. It just, no, from it, a hobby it, was a, then a distraction and then it was a... Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly was taking over our lives, really. <laughs> so, and then, so yeah, so my youngest was really still very small when I found myself with quite a heavily booked out year from yeah. from doing um, that initial wedding show really kind of launched me in a way that I hadn't anticipated, okay. um, which was lovely and very, and gave me, um, oh, it, it, you know, at a time when I was sort of really focused so heavily on having babies and had lost a lot of myself, it gave, it was a wonderful thing to have that is mm. um, a lot of validation of, of my abilities and yeah um you know and it, it it meant a lot to me that all these couples would trust me to as a relatively new business to, mm. to make their wedding cake which is a big deal and um so it was lovely in that respect but it was also quite a difficult time because we weren't I hadn't sort of readied the family for this yeah. um and it's a very 
you know, it's a very time consuming business. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting the pricing right so that what I was, all of this time I was investing in it was actually having some sort of a, you know, helpful impact on our life that took a long time. So, mm. um, so yeah, so I think that's, that's, that it was a sort of, there wasn't much strategy involved yeah. <laughs> in that way in, in yeah. starting. Um, and then it's, and, and then as time has gone on and as the, the boys have got older, I've been able to think a little bit more strategically, mm. um, and had a bit more space. I mean, it's still, I still feel like I react a lot more than I, um, plan yet uh but it it, every every month they get older things get easier Mm. um it was a very intense time I think when I first started it (laughs) I can imagine particularly because it wasn't something you necessarily planned for you didn't go out with this big plan of and I know you'll probably deny this yourself but having like worked with you and known that you were incredibly successful at what you do and are booked out which you can't deny as a mark of being someone who is in high demand and create something that people really want. And it would probably be true for you, wouldn't it, that you didn't necessarily, from that story, go out seeking that, but that kind of happened and then you almost had to deal with the aftermath of, I've got two kids and this kind of really fast-growing business that I love, how do I do the two of those? Yeah, definitely. And we, and, and you know, we, we're very much a unit. My husband and I, I'm, you know, we're lucky in that we approach everything as a team, but we did have mm. to make, you know together we had to have a lot of conversations and a lot yeah. of them were quite emotional conversations about because the, the uh, you know totally honest there are times when I definitely thought about just stopping it all because mm. it all felt too much and it felt very overwhelming yeah um but at the same time I felt like I don't want to have to stop you know because for all that I'm saying it was it, I sort of kind of fell into it a little bit at the beginning of it all, there was this very clear idea yeah. that this is what I wanted to do. And if I wasn't going to do my first vocation, this was the thing. Mm. And I and I felt like it was working. And like you say, I was getting, I mean, you know, it was amazing. I was getting bookings and I'd obviously um, uh, caught some sort of a style or, you know, that, that people were, were mm. excited by. And I didn't want to miss that time, yeah. you know, by putting the brakes on things. And at the same time, I didn't want to miss the time of my yeah. children being babies. Because yeah. so, people often refer to... I mean, I probably refer to my business as a baby. Yeah. So it must have yeah, been... So I can't even one. imagine what it was like, <laughs> like having a real-life baby and another child and this business baby. Because I can imagine all of those are seeking attention. And you want yes. to give your attention to all of those. Neither feels like something you don't want to do. But I'm sure, from your experience, a lot of what you've had to do is prioritise and probably within that there's often a lot of guilt and shame and is that something that you think you've like learned to deal with have you almost given yourself permission to yes I've had to be very um yes definitely giving yourself permission is a huge thing Mm. um deciding the things you can let go um so for me that's quite often the housework not the kitchen because obviously that has to be clean but the the rest of the house just sometimes it has to go because Mm. if you feel you know, I can heap guilt on myself, definitely. And I can feel that uh, the business is taking time away from my children and my husband. My husband is incredibly supportive of the business um, mm. where we are now. and uh, But he does a lot of deliveries with me. So that I, then I feel guilty about, you know, he's 
working all week and then basically working with me at the weekend for, you know, an underpaid role in my business. Um, And uh, and then, you know, the, the time that I want to be, like, super present with my boys... But then if I'm super present with them, then I'm letting an email go. go. And there's a mm. client on the end of that email who, you know, isn't just like you're dealing with somebody who's just firing off business, you know, work yeah. requests. These are people planning their big, big, biggest day and they want every part of it to feel special, quite yeah. understandably. And I want them to feel like that, you know. So mm. there's there's an emotional... Uh, it's not just like, oh, I haven't got back to that email. There's an emotional... Yeah. F- um, that goes with that that I, I want them to have that experience and I would feel like mm. I've I've taken something away from their um their planning if you know if I don't if I can't get back to them in a timely fashion which it has to be said often don't and I've been lucky that people have been very understanding <laughs> about that um so every aspect is sometimes at you know it's sometimes yeah. at odds with the you know so it's pulling me in a lot of different directions um and I do feel guilty about that and I I'm mm. I put I you know I hold myself to very high standards I guess I you know I went to quite an academic school and I've always uh you know strive to do everything really well and so yeah. letting things go is doesn't come naturally mm-hmm. so I kind of want to have this imp- you want to have and do it all don't you yeah and you feel like you're juggling all these different things in perfect harmony yeah and be brilliant at all of them which is just mm-hmm. absolutely impossible and certainly impossible to come out yeah. right with your mental health intact if you try and put yeah. that on yourself it's and like I, they say isn't it you can juggle like work family your health and like personal life and you can only have like two at a time yes and it's yeah, that yeah. idea that actually when you try and do all of them they all go wrong yeah and, and like kind of, yeah and but you can say that as much as you want and it never goes in my head I'm still like I want to be the yeah, best exactly. friend ever the business, best <laughs> business owner and go for runs all the time and well, friends yeah you see that's a bit it's you know you want to something has to go somewhere and you don't want it to be friends either and that's yeah. another aspect of life that you have to kind of keep up with is the social aspects mm. and I'm so fortunate that I found I mean, I have wonderful friends from that I've gathered throughout my life who are, you know, who have known me forever, who are a wonderful bedrock. But I've also, um, since having children, one of the one of the things that I think has been brilliant about social media uh, with parenthood is that you you may be less isolated than people once were. I mean, some people yeah. still find themselves very isolated, and I'm, I I know that, and I've been fortunate that I happen to live in an area that has a very active um, Facebook group for parents and through that I've met local friends mm. I've got a sort of really extended group of local mums I'm friends with That's and really then nice. a kind of core group who are really like I, I wouldn't be able to function without them and I yeah. and I they mean, get it yeah they get it and they're also oh my mind, this is another area of guilt where <laughs> they, they're very they're wonderful about having the boys if we've got to go off on a like mm. delivery miles away you know because trying to juggle the childcare aspect of running a you know running a business yeah. and having your uh, partner also involved in that business is, yeah. is a is a tricky one so um i yeah i wouldn't function without them at all um so yeah that's been a that's been an amazing thing that's been really that's that social media which i yeah always think is a bit of a double edged yeah um thing obviously but uh it can be extraordinarily positive when you're 
at a time when you could find yourself potentially very isolated and yeah. shut in. And when you just need a moment to be reminded that you're not the only one dealing with that and that yes. everyone's experiencing it. Yes. And I always find yeah. as women, particularly when we begin to admit, like, I feel like I'm failing at everything, I breathe a sigh of relief because I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Like, I don't have to pretend to. Like, we're all making it up and we all feel like we're failing at one or probably more on most areas. Yeah, yeah. That's been, uh, you know, the, the obviously, the, I think when... Because I've seen the... Uh, the sort of birth and evolution of social media you know and mm. I'm kind of at an age where it's been you know I, I've it's come later in my life I haven't grown up with it but at the same time I've kind of see it evolve and 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 there was at the start I think a sort of real um it, it was and then this still happens but there was this kind of it, it was used amongst mothers to make other mothers feel bad I mean not mm. intentionally but it's just how it happened that you people were putting their most perfect moments as yeah. people are obviously inclined to do because why wouldn't you yeah um, and so there was this sort of feeling of I'm not being good enough but what's been wonderful has been a change in the way that um, parents have been sort of representing their lives on social media kind mm. of in recent years that um, there's a lot more sort of being open and honest about yeah. the the, the difficult side as well as the mm. the the kind of lovely moments of motherhood yeah. which are definitely there you know <laughs> but there's all the, the the struggles and the difficulties which are things that you just can't be prepared for there's no way you can yeah um so to see that other people are having them and the solutions that they find or the, the ways they navigate it or the, mm. the the uh you know the mantras that you can have yeah to get you through the difficult times um that is a an incredibly positive thing I think that has happened on mm. social media because it kind of enables you to say okay I don't have to I don't have to have an immaculate house yeah. and two children who are immaculately <laughs> presented at all times mine definitely aren't they generally have like toothpaste on their jumpers and their <laughs> hair hasn't been brushed and um and you know but they're happy I, I hope <laughs> and they're really happy children and you know, I don't have to be, and and they're happy without me being present for them every waking minute of the day because yeah. it's just I can't be, mm. and I you know I I sort of think back. I think my my um, my family's a bit weird. It, it jumps um, uh, generations. So my grandmother was born in the reign of Queen Victoria. Okay. Um, my parents were both very much the youngest of three children, and I'm very much the youngest of three children, so my parents are that little bit older. Um, I think even in the 1950s, my mum did put some of this pressure on herself that I put on myself mm. to be very present with her children, but that wasn't necessarily the norm. And yeah. I think her mother thought that was quite odd. <laughs> yeah. You know, that you, that, that you have this sort of... Um, that you feel that you should be absolutely 100% there mm. for them all the time. But I think um, particularly that's the expectation that women often have on the now, is to be everything and do everything. And yeah. For everything you do to be kind of have a positive impact on everyone else. And I can imagine that's just... Particularly when you've got kids, because yeah. it's another human being. It's not just... Yeah, you know, and, and, and you feel... You know, I thought, I thought I, you know, being a creative, I thought I was going to be this... Um, mother who was there doing the craft projects every day that they'd uh-huh. be baking cupcakes with me every day that we'd be that that the screens would never go on that it you know and it, this Famous is last word yeah I'm sure <laughs> then you get to it and I hope that we have a balance and those uh-huh. things do happen from time to time but at some point you've got to stop 
kind yeah. of beating yourself up if if there are days when the TV's on a lot more than you had hoped. Mm. I remember my eldest, like when I wasn't running the business, when it was, you know, just, uh, it was me on maternity leave, you know, it, when he was two, he'd maybe seen in the night garden, that was it. That was all the TV he'd ever watched because I was like, no, yeah. we're, we're going to, you know, we're going to minimise screen time, all this sort of thing. And then obviously number two comes along and he's like watching things. <laughs> really, you know. He knows how to unlock your phone. Yeah, basically. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so things have moved on from there, and I, I yeah, yeah, I've let it go. I can imagine you have to. But <laughs> someone who, obviously, I can imagine another adds an element to being a mother and running a business when you work from home. So obviously, yes. you work at your home in your kitchen. Yes, I do, in, and, and you've now seen my kitchen, which is a small kitchen. Yes, and also not separated from no. the rest of the house. It's like no. open plan. Yes. So I know you mentioned to me before we started recording about how you kind of even seasonally plan what your work is so that you're not having to always make the choice when the kids are at home yes. to work or not. What's that process been like finding that balance? Like when the kids are here, how do you give yourself permission when you need to work and then almost create that divide? It's definitely a work in progress. I'm still mm. finding that balance. Uh, I don't know if balance, I'm always wondering about balance. I don't think balance really exists. You always feel like It's always going to be slightly end. tipped yeah. one way or the other. But um, but certainly I try, I'm, I'm really trying to plan ahead better in terms of making sure that I don't uh, do things like I managed to do when my youngest was starting school for the first time and book a cake for like his first day of school. And, mm-hmm. and, and I did that. I didn't learn that from the first one <laughs> because I did that for my first as well. So it's kind of trying to look ahead, trying to get the holidays, the school holidays, all in my calendar in advance and really consider, you know, even a year in advance, because that this, this is the thing that's difficult yeah. about wedding cakes, particularly, is that people are planning a long way in advance, sometimes even two years in advance. I've yeah. had inquiries sometimes for three years in advance and I have to just politely say, I'm really sorry, I can't, I can't think that far ahead because mm. of the nature of my life, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but it's making sure that I have got our life events in the calendar so that if a cake comes up that clashes with something important, that I can make the decision mm. informed. So I don't find that I'm doing something that yeah. wasn't um, something that maybe was as valuable to me as another order might be. So, you know, mm. either be it that you know, financial or just it's not taking me forward with the business yeah. in any particular way I've just kind of fallen into doing it yeah and it clashes with something really fundamental like an anniversary or you know mm-hmm. so I really do try now and we have we we've been having discussions just the last few days about how fallible technology is but we try and have our calendars all shared you yeah know, and make sure that you know making sure that the business isn't isn't kind of going to clash with something so fundamental that it become you know that we all become resentful yeah um so you slow things down consciously in the summer don't you yes when I do which is an ongoing you know as the children as the boys get older I think you know I'll keep revisiting that and take on a little bit more but you know when and, and it's very hard because I follow a lot of cake makers online you know and they all start going oh it's wedding season and I kind of think mm, I've, I've not got anything booked and you yeah. begin to and even though you know you've turned stuff down and that was a conscious yeah. decision you can feel a bit I can feel a bit panicky because I think of all the yeah. work I could have been doing you know it's that feeling that you literally you can't have it all because you can't be at home with your kids over the summer and you can't have a booming business over the summer you've yeah. got to let go of one and we've made the choice 
to, to date and this again is something we kind of keep on having conversations about not to not to use childcare in the summer and that might be something that we do as time moves on it might be that they do do a week and um mm. you know doing an activity camp or something like that but to date we haven't done that so it's you know it becomes if I do take cakes on in the summer it just becomes even more of a juggle than ever so yeah. I, I have you know I it's tricky, you know, because I do, I look at cake makers and I think, oh my goodness, I could be doing all of this. And then I have to think, but why? Why would I? Yeah. Why Why do I feel that I should be doing that? Because mm. I've made the choice that right now my priority, while my boys are really little, in the summer, is to be with them. You know, and yeah. it makes sense from always round. It makes sense financially. It makes sense for them, you know, and this is their little bit of time that they get yeah. off from schools, which are becoming increasingly high pressure for very, very small children. Mm. And they need that downtime in a non-structured environment. In my opinion, yeah. you know, not everyone has the luxury of being able to do that. And I'm, you know, very conscious of that as I say it. But, um, you know, we've managed to create a life for ourselves, which, although not perfect, does enable us to, to, mm. to give them that total sort of downtime in the summer yeah um I'm sure it's that why as well that helps you when you're questioning like oh did I do I regret you know letting go of that side of business or even letting go of that family time to do that and I guess when you remind yourself of why you chose to do it then it helps with that kind of okay yeah it's fine that I feel that way because I chose to do it because of this yeah maybe it will mean I have a few less Instagram photos over yeah. the summer <laughs> to put on my Instagram account but but what does that really yeah you know is that if you take yourself offline for a second, you yeah. know, what's more important? In the grand scheme of life, yeah. what matters more? In terms of what I look back on it, I mean, I do, like, look back on cakes and kind of see them, you know, that, that does become part of my life. Yeah, and totally. I remember markers that I look back on and think, oh, I'm really proud of that one. But at the same time, I think probably when I'm older and I'm looking back, I'll remember the holidays and the camping trips and things mm. more. So... Yeah, I mean, as time goes on, like I say, you know, maybe next summer will be different. Maybe I'll t- I, I, at the moment I've allowed a little bit more time in the summer to take bookings than I have done in the past, but mm-hmm. I'm still keeping August basically clear. Um, and also the wedding industry in this country um, has changed and become a much more year-round one, and I think that's partly mm. weather, like our autumns have become yeah beautiful it's you know it's, today. Yeah, it's gorgeous today like and I you know if I was uh, I got married in 2008 but if I was getting married again now I think I'd choose autumn you know because it's mm. that they, they in terms of the weather it's it's lovely and I think you know that I find that is a massively busy time for me I'm just coming off the back of an in, incredibly intensely busy few yeah. weeks um so it's not like if you don't book out the summer, then the rest of yeah. the year is dead. There is, uh, it is quite a year-round industry, mm. in which a way, I guess is nice because so there's the not past. so much of a like knock-on effect of choosing those different priorities over the summer. It doesn't obviously it makes an impact of them, but you can make it up for in the kind of following months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure so, so it makes me feel less stressy <laughs> a bit when I when I think. I've I've sort of turned down a load of stuff that I, you know, it's hard. What's really hard is creatively turning things down because people will come to you with these really exciting projects. Yeah, and also I get I start getting emotionally involved with a, a couple from almost the minute that they send me an email, mm. um, and that's something again that I have to. I've I've just very recently a lovely lovely friend of mine has come on and started to help me with admin, mm-hmm. um, and that is amazing because it just puts that little bit of. I mean I don't want to be 
totally distant from my couples. So I don't exactly. want to make sure they have that personal connection yeah. and I need that personal connection to make them something that is going to be unique to them. Yeah. But at the same time, I sometimes need just a little bit of distance because mm. otherwise I, I know as a person, I start, I buy into their wedding from yeah. the moment that they contact me and that's it. I just want it to be mm. perfect and brilliant and I, you know, care about every cake that I make an awful lot and that yeah. I have to always try and find balance with that as well because if every cake you make you put every bit of yourself into you can't live like that (laughs) so I've had to that's been a journey there's there's definitely difficult times at the beginning where I would you know see uh the the most minuscule flaw that nobody else could see and I would rate myself across the coals for Mm -hmm. days over it you know Mm -hmm. until the bride and groom would come back and go oh we loved it and then I'd be like oh, oh, oh it's okay they didn't notice that tiny thing no one else would have noticed <laughs> yes. you know but um but yeah so having someone who you know is 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 a kind of gatekeeper a little bit mm. is, is very helpful just as that kind of first point of contact and sometimes the first person that they hear from is going to be me because um uh, Richard works for me just very part-time around what he does and he's yeah. an actor as well very brilliant actor um and um but so but yeah that that's been a really that's I, I you know it's all these refinements that I'm always when I have the time when there is a bit of downtime mm. it's always what I'm working on is trying to create trying to now now I'm where I'm at with the business now trying to mold it from being this sort of uh snowball <laughs> that kind of just grew and grew yeah. into something that fits around our lives mm. and because it's not the way I was doing it certainly isn't sustainable it, it there was a time when I you know I definitely wasn't in a healthy place with it and none of us were yeah um when you look and, back what do you think is the biggest like if you could say something to yourself when you first started out and we're trying to you know really juggle those two things of a, a baby a child and a business yeah I say a baby and a child I know they're the same thing but one was just one was a talking yeah really really yeah, small yeah. so I can imagine one that's tiny. a lot of work yes what do you think has been like the biggest learning curve since then or if you went back like what would be something that you'd kind of wish I, you'd known I do I mean I think in life in general I I subscribe very much to the idea that all the mistakes you make are never a mistake you learn from them and so I don't I wouldn't necessarily change anything but that being that being said if I could change things I guess I would be much more strategic about the way that I'd started and I'd have tried to um keep my you know keep my desire to do everything like 100% yeah like full on from the get-go a little bit more in a box because I think I could have started more slowly I think I could have built it up built things up more slowly and had more of a kind of idea of why I was doing it because I don't think I did know why it was looking back I think a lot of it was to fill uh, a void you know or fill Mm. uh, um, you know that 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 loss of my father who just happened you know he was such an uh he was he was my father and I loved him and he was a wonderful father and so I missed him on a personal level yeah. but he was also being a playwright and being having this sort of exciting life around him that I could be part of by mm. proxy there was a couple you know there was having given up the acting that kind of kept me a little bit in that world that I found so exciting yeah so I lost you know more in a way than 
um, just my father, I and mean, that's enough, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was a, it was just a big hole created in, mm. in life, and I think I probably just tried to sort of fill it. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas, and 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 it didn't, you know, it, it sort of worked and it didn't work. I mean, it yeah. in a way, it was quite a, it was useful. It did help me have something else to concentrate on, um, and. But then I did definitely hit a wall with it, mm. um, where I had to dart things back. Yeah. Uh, I realised I'd taken on too much, taken mm. on not just for me, for my husband, for all of us. It was all too much. Mm. It became very overwhelming, and I really hit a sort of big wall with it. And that was, I think, try, try and remember things, but I think it was, <laughs> uh, it was like last year. Um, was it even the year before? But... Um, and I had to, and I had, um, so I had to really, really think about that at that point, reassess mm. how I um, took on bookings and how, and, and, and that was the point where it would have been when my son was three, my youngest, because okay. he was eligible, it was when I realised he was eligible for the 30 hours um, funding for childcare, mm-hmm. which was a huge thing because up until that point, I had resisted having him in any form of childcare. Um, and then we started to, well, we started having like the odd morning out. We found this particularly lovely, lovely um, nursery setting, which I didn't feel guilty about leaving him in because it was just, oh, it's just really mm. idyllic place. Um, which was an incredibly yeah, fortunate. Like to go there. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was really amazing. Like he had just, the loveliest moment he ran it and uh very um montessori-esque a lot of outdoor uh-huh. play a lot of um just creative and wonderful and kind and nurturing and i didn't feel any sense of mm. guilt for once over leaving him there it yeah. was just a joyful thing and then i realized that i was as a self-employed person doing enough hours and was eligible for the funding to have him there more full-time and it was a big decision to do that for me. Um, you know, again, I, you know, appreciate talking like this that a lot yeah. of people don't have the luxury of making these choices over mm-hmm. childcare. That a lot of people have to just use what's available. But we, yeah. you know, we've been trying to walk this fine line of, of, you know, for us and the boys, just spending yeah. as much time together as we could while we could, mm-hmm. um, knowing that these things would come up in the future and yeah. childcare would take over and. Um, so it was that was a big thing to to put him in for the 30 hours but it really changed everything for me because mm. suddenly I had between like 9 and just before 3 and it was just me mm. in the house working on my cakes yeah and it it was yeah I think it was just a huge change for all of us and Mm. everything relaxed a little bit and I realized that these full days that I thought were coming when both boys were at school are incredibly short (laughs) it's not really a full day it's like a kind of half a day but even so yeah it 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 made everything possible in a way that actually Mm. it was feeling not possible before then so um and that was that was I had to let go of um one of the things that I put on myself to be kind of, you know, this ever-present mother. Yeah. I had to say, no, it's, it's, he's fine. He's good. He's in a really good place. Yeah. He's having a lovely time. He settled really well. Mm. It was very rare he 
you know, didn't just yeah. run in happily. <laughs> Probably didn't you look know. back. You're like, oh, seems like I'm a woman by this thing. You know, but you know, and I and so and I just took and that was a very conscious decision. And I just from the day he started doing those thirty hours, I never felt guilty about that. I mm. took that off myself. Yeah, and I genuinely was able to just go. Do you know what? Mm. that's fine we all need this and it's yeah. good for all of us yeah and, and it's not selfish as well no and it's that's you know it's it is a difficult yeah um it's difficult not to feel selfish sometimes when you're pursuing something that you love imagine with kids um, yeah with I mean, kids me sat here yeah. like probably lead the most selfish life possible like everything i do is for me <laughs> but I, that but you do wait until you have children yeah. that's what always you say, know, yes they? you have people in your life and you might have a partner and you want to be considerate of them but your your career is yours it's yeah. yours you own it it's not the same as like a child <laughs> no and and suddenly your career has implications after you have children and mm. everything you choose you know we we operate so much as a, a unit, which is a, a wonderful thing, and I couldn't do what yeah. I do if we didn't. But it also means that once you make that choice to operate as a unit and that you care very much about your partner mm. and your children's happiness in all things, you know, and they likewise you, you know, mm. then it's it's very hard once you're doing something that is you love, um, not to see it as a selfish pursuit and to sort of step aside and go, no, this is a this is a business. Yeah. It's helping us pay our mortgage. <laughs> it's um it's also and it is also something that is to do with self-fulfillment. And then that's not a bad thing. That is yeah. my life and my life I am allowed to still have something yeah. for me within everything. I'm very conscious all the time that my husband does a job that he um isn't vocational for him Mm -hmm. um it's a you know he he gets on with all the people there and it's not it's not yeah you know but he he's he's really at heart a writer and that's what he wants to be doing so he's the other way around in a way like he's doing the he's doing the job to pay the uh, much more larger (laughs) portion of the mortgage and having to pursue his passions on Mm. the side and that's you know that's something that I'm very conscious of that I feel you know, for all the days that my work has been hard to fit around uh, my life, it is also a huge privilege to yeah. be doing as a job something that I truly love. Yeah. Um, it's something that doesn't come without stress because cakes mm. are not without stress. <laughs> and the cakes they, that you make as well, I should probably say, it's not your average like well okay. there's a lot going on with what you yeah do. I mean I put a lot you know I I, I, I want to go further with sort of putting um you know sort of with them being some uh hard to say this but it, a work of art you know yeah uh, to see yourself as an artist rather than yeah. that you're that you're just producing a product um and I'd like to pursue that further but yes I put a lot of um a lot of emotion, a lot of time, a lot of effort, and everything goes into them. So I, I have high expectations of how they're going to turn out, mm-hmm. uh, and um, so and obviously the delivery process with cakes is always a, you know all cake makers chat about this on Instagram. It's uh, it's it's not without its nerves. <laughs> so you, it's fun. I, I do find it funny. Like me and one other person from my year at drama school are making cakes, and it is there's a lot that. You know, there must be something about me as a person that's drawn to something where you have 
you have a a moment at the end of your creative yeah. work when it is put in front of the public yeah. and that getting to that moment is is not without nerves yeah. and then you do it there's the praise and the reward and then there's the gin because you've got your nerves it's almost like the hangover isn't it <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay, that was so exhausting. like I get home and just have to sort of do- <laughs> down a glass of something to kind of get over the mm. and, yeah, and then the wait for the you know yeah. to to, yeah, to find out that it's it. the, the, the couple have been happy with it it matters to me so much you yeah. know um and I can imagine that's the part of your business that you don't want to lose that level of care and almost when you were talking earlier about creating like a healthy separation with you and your clients I'm sure part of that balance for you is that actually that's probably what makes you partly so successful at what you do is how much you care about what you're giving that to you it's not just a service it's a part of someone's story and something that oh yeah so much more than just I've become so cake. conscious of since working on cakes of the you know on the one hand it's a cake it's you know you could say it's it's flour it's eggs it's butter it's yeah. sugar you know um but they become very symbolic at the heart of celebrations um I've seen you know people often will sort of pour their it gives people a sort of repository for emotion in the middle of a sort of very big day whether it's a wedding whether it's a birthday I've had um my mum's friends ordering cakes for very significant birthdays like sort of 90th birthdays and that sort of thing and and the cake has become a real focal point for what everybody's feeling on the day and it gives you a moment for everyone to gather for there Mm. to be a speech for there to be a cutting and it it never stops being a privilege yeah, providing that moment. Play a part I in that. really, you know, obviously have to try and not get so emotionally involved that I can't <laughs> go yeah. little, but I, but I do really care about being part of that mm. moment in a, in in whatever celebration it may be. It, it feels like a very, you know, it feels a huge privilege. Any any day where I feel like you know, oh. Is it's always easy to put yourself on a kind of sliding scale where you know yeah. there are people out there saving lives and things like that, and you sort of think you know you reassess what you're doing and think mm. it, you know cakes are at the end of the day a luxury, um, but you know I, the, gosh you know with the world being what it is, bringing a bit of joy into yeah. somebody's day feels like a really worthwhile thing to be doing, you mm. know, um, and if I can do that and also have a business that. Um, helps um you know helps us live our lives and also fulfills me creatively that mm. feels like an incredible that feels like an incredible thing and I I do feel like for all that it is not without its stresses and its difficulties that we've been very lucky to find that um yeah. that business because it, it it sort of does tick as yeah me, I think you can never tick every box but no. it ticks a lot of very wonderful boxes and actually when you zoom out from some of the like everyday difficulties and the negative feelings that sometimes come with it actually when you look at what you've built and how it serves your life I always have the same feeling of like what an honor it is to get to do that like how I met like I'm similar to you like didn't necessarily intentionally choose to do what I do but I'm like how amazing that like that's ended up where it is now and I think I love acknowledging that like I we love what we do we're really grateful for it and the same truth still exists it's sometimes really difficult and it makes us feel guilty or shameful or uncertain of who we are, all these other things. But those two things can exist in kind of harmony, that we love what we do, that our work makes an impact, but also that sometimes it's really difficult. Yes, yeah, yeah. I like the thought that those two things don't kind of deny each other, they're just 
together. Yeah, it is just a factor. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean that, you know, on the days, and, and they, they do happen, and they still happen every now and then, much, much more rarely where I just think, I don't think I can keep doing this. And it's usually yeah. a day where I've done a cake that I don't feel like I've, I don't feel 100, 100% yeah. confident about um, these moments. Uh, and I'll suddenly think I can't, or, or that the process of doing it has, that there has been a difficulty or something because, mm-hmm. you know, oh, for you, you know, with cakes, you feel like you've cracked the science of them and they can still do something unexpected yeah. because <laughs> they are, that is the nature of mm. baking. Science. <laughs> if you watch the bake off, you know this, you know, that <laughs> it's. Uh, you know, you can do things a thousand times and then one day just doesn't do what it normally yeah. does and you <laughs> never quite know why or you can make an educated guess. But So these things happen in the process to a cake. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of trying to... I'm, I always mean to do the whole journaling thing and it's one of the things then I have to allow myself to let go. But mm. the, the, um, the idea of... Um, writing down things that you're grateful for I don't I rarely have had the time to actually do write them down but I try and think about it in because coming back to those things can put everything back in perspective Mm. I think on days when things seem hard remembering the things that are good and that those things massively outweigh yeah the difficulties and that nothing comes without difficulties you Mm. know you can't there is no, I mean, a stress-free life. I don't yeah. know if that would be as happy as it sounds, you know, <laughs> sort exactly. of, because you, you have to understand, you have, classic thing, you have to have the lows to have the highs, don't you? Because yeah. otherwise you don't understand them as highs because there's nothing yeah. that they relate to. No, I like but, um, way of looking at it. But, um, but yeah, so I, I think right now where I'm at with it is is and, and and it is partly to do with how old the boys are like for anyone who's in the thick of having a very young baby you you everyone says oh it gets better yeah but that's meaningless when you're in the middle of it because so imagine. you hear it and you hope that it's true but you can't see beyond it because it's such you know when there's small babies are just completely in the moment Mm. so you can't be anything but in the moment with them Mm. and that moment can often be very feel awful because they can't talk to you and they can't tell you that the reason that they've screamed for like an entire night is just because they've got wind you know and actually really that that you know they'll be all right but it can feel like i can just the worst pain imaginable because this small person who means you know more than you ever realized they would mean to you you know that they're going through pain and they seem to be you know Mm. upset so when when you've got that going on it's very very difficult to kind of think that life will ever get mm. easier and that makes it sound awful and it isn't 100% awful because yeah. there's so much joy in having a small baby but there is also a lot of you know lots of hard work and emotion and oh you know it opens doors to feelings about big big feelings about life that you you don't realize are going to open and they never close again you know that's it yeah. <laughs> you know you understand things about uh oh, yeah sort of human you know mortality and all sorts of things start Mm. kind of really playing a part in your thinking um but once you get to the point where they can walk and they can talk and they go off and they Mm. go to school and it sort of it really becomes easier yeah and they can you can say things like go upstairs and get dressed even if you have to say it seven times (laughs) and they don't listen to you um it it just 
but you, you know time starts to open up yeah and you begin to be able to see a way through the trees mm. and it's uh path gets clearer and all those yeah um and i think that perfectly sums up for me why i wanted to do this episode about motherhood and not just motherhood but how that kind of works in the ecosystem of you as a person and running a business and all those other different things and I think my only hope for this episode is that people who have listened to maybe resonate with that story and that idea that we kind of even if you don't have children have to be and have all these different things have almost breathed a sigh of relief of like oh okay not like it's actually not possible we're all trying to do it in some way and we're all failing in some way and that's absolutely yeah. okay and it's not it isn't none of it is a failure it's all just you know, it's all just life. You can kind of set yourself mm. such high goals and you kind of just got... I mean, I always think fundamentally we're on this earth for the time we're on it and you just want to make yourself and other people ha- as happy as possible and that's all you can really do. So yeah. whatever that is to you. Um, and, and other stuff shouldn't really... Mm. You know, the other stuff is all just noise. You know, it's it's if your work is making you happy then that's pursue it you know totally you know and if people are making you happy then nurture them but it's mm. it's letting the stuff that is just comes from outside um expectations mm. that can all go or take a back seat or whatever you whatever yeah. works for you you know it's that and, permission though isn't it it's yeah do what works for you yeah and definitely and nothing like yeah that. and giving yourself and it working out if it matters and giving yourself an easy ride mm. and fighting the battles that need fighting and letting the other ones go yeah <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to end it thank yeah. you so much for joining me oh you're welcome thanks for being honest <laughs> and talking about the stuff that maybe isn't as Instagram worthy or yes but just as important I think especially yeah it is yeah yeah reminding us all that we're all human and no one's yeah. quite as perfect as Instagram makes them look <laughs> yeah the, the grid is only one very small aspect of everyone's yes. lives. Where can people find you if they want to have a spite your cakes or even... Uh, so my website is uh, blossomandcrumb.com and then I'm Blossom and Crumb uh, and uh, A-N-D on all the social media. So on Inst- Instagram is where I mostly hang out. Yeah. Uh, I'm on Facebook and <laughs> sometimes on Twitter. Rarely on Twitter. Uh, but Instagram. Instagram's the big one. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been really fun. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed listening into that conversation with Megan. As I mentioned, don't forget to head to the show notes or go to alicevernum.co.uk forward slash Megan to get connected with her and have a look over at Blossom and Crumb and the amazing things that she creates over there. If you've got two minutes and you enjoyed today's episode or any other episodes that you've listened to, I'd love if you left a review. It just takes a moment and it really does mean a lot to know that people are listening and enjoying and feeling impacted by this podcast. But anyway, I'll be back next Monday with another solo episode. I hope you have a great week and I will speak to you then.